Welcome to episode 25 of Becoming MindStrong. And today we're talking about a topic that almost sounds humorous at first, but if you've ever lived it, there is nothing funny about this struggle because the struggle is real. And we're talking about how to stick with your health and fitness goals when your family's not on the same page, when they are not into eating the foods that you want to eat, they are not into the workouts that you want to do. How do you keep this going when you're on a different page than your family? Check it out. Welcome to Becoming MindStrong, the official podcast of MindStrong Fitness. My name is Rachel. I'm the owner and head coach of MindStrong Fitness, and I am here to teach you truth. No more bullshit, no more point systems, no more shakes, no more raps. This is math and science, and we're going to learn how to do it together. Ready? Let's rock and roll. I want to preface this conversation with the importance of taking this time for yourself, because when we talk about mindset work and when we talk about what it means to actually take care of yourself, right? We've heard the expression that when, when something goes wrong in the airplane, the first thing they tell you is to put the oxygen mask on yourself. And it's become such a cliche, but it is so, so deeply true. And this is a struggle for a lot of people, right? A lot of us, we're givers and we will always put other people before ourselves. We will always put our time and our energy into our families and our students and our coworkers and our spouses and everybody else at the expense of ourselves. But what we need to fully, deeply, truly understand before we can have this conversation is that the single best thing you can do for your family and friends is show up as your best self. I'm going to say that again. The single best thing you can do for your family and your friends and your coworkers and your students is show up as the best version of you. It is not selfish. In fact, it is the least selfish thing you can do. If you have kids or if you've ever worked around kids, you know that it is not a cliche that kids are sponges. These kids pick up on everything. Right. If you have little kids, you know that they start repeating little isms about you that you didn't even know you had, but you see it reflected back to you because that's how they learn. So think about that for a second. They are emulating what they see. They're repeating what they hear. They're doing the actions they see you take. So if the way you're showing up for them every day is tired and worn down and complaining about how your clothes fit, and saying about how terrible you feel and how you how you feel fat and how you couldn't wear your pants again and how you can't get in your skinny jeans and how you're hanging on by a thread and all you want to do is sleep because you have no energy. These are the things we put on a loop. These are the things we are repeating and saying day in and day out. And these are the things that our kids are emulating. Our kids believe this is how life is. Our kids believe that food is something we need to struggle with. That, that exercise is a punishment because we had pizza last night. That it's just normal to look in the mirror and, and talk about how gross you look or how gross you feel. That it's normal to go through life hanging by a thread because you have no energy. This is how we're raising our kids to believe life is, and it is not truth with a capital T. But right now, for most of us, it's our truth. And whether we're conscious of it or not, even if we're trying to, to show up as a fake best self for them, right? If we're putting on a smile and trying to be all energy for them, kids know. Kids pick up on this. Your spouse picks up on this. Your coworkers pick up on this. 
So we need to understand first and foremost that yes, I fully, fully understand that it is hard to take time for yourself. Even if logistically you can find the time, it is still hard to mentally accept that when you have a spouse and kids and other people at home relying on you, it's difficult to say, you know what, I'm holding this 45 minutes sacred and they're mine and nobody can interrupt that because there's always going to be something pressing. There's always going to be something that you quote unquote should be doing, but we have to make a mental shift that sometimes it's easier to do things for other people than for ourselves, right? So the mental shift is no, even if in this moment it feels selfish, even in in this moment, if I feel like I'm being neglectful, I know that long-term the best thing I can be doing for the people I love is by taking this 45 minutes for myself or half hour or 20 minutes, whatever it is, it is your time and it is sacred. Now, all of that said, that's great. And you can make this commitment to yourself. And that is the most important part. Again, I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat myself a lot because we need to ingrain this in our brains. That is the most important part. If you have a spouse, if you have family, if you have kids, if you have students, if you have coworkers who are supportive of you, that's icing on the cake, but it has to come down to you and your desire to better yourself as for your desire to show up as that best version of yourself for yourself and for other people. That's first and foremost. If you can find people to support you, awesome. If you don't, if you just have people in your life who are either not there or worse, dragging you down, first of all, we might have to have a bigger life conversation of why they're still in your life. But secondly, it really doesn't matter. And I don't mean that in an, I don't love you. I don't care about you way. Of course it matters. But when it comes to you and your goals, this is personal. This is for you. This is because we have one shot at life and it is freaking fleeting And you deserve to live every day with more energy than you ever thought possible. You deserve to pop out of bed. You deserve to be overflowing with energy, to feel awesome about yourself, to feel confident and to walk into the room like the badass that you are. You've just covered it up over the years. Now, all that said, again, it's easier said than done, right? If you have a spouse who just doesn't want to eat the foods that you eat. If you're tracking macros and you have to make a different dinner because you're low on fat grams that day and you have a spouse who's going to sit there and bitch about it, it makes it a lot harder, right? If you have kids and they're sitting there eating mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and it looks freaking delicious and you've already portioned out your macros for that day and did not count on mac and cheese, it can be tough. If you've set up a workout schedule where you're going to be in the gym a half hour a day and you're all excited and pumped about it, and your spouse is just not willing or not able to accommodate your workout schedule, it's going to be tough, but you have a choice. It can be an excuse or it can be something to work around. And I want to be super clear when I say it's an excuse. Hopefully if you've hung out with me by now, you know that I am not the coach who sits here and says, no excuses, get it done. Half the time when people say to me, I know this is an excuse, but my answer is that's not an excuse. That's life. Right? I don't say we can make excuses as in your legitimate obstacles are that. They are legitimate obstacles. My point in saying that is you always have a choice. The fact that your your spouse can't stay home with the kids that night doesn't mean you can't work out. It might mean you have to get creative. It might mean you have to ask a friend. It might mean you have to hire a babysitter. It might mean you have to hire a gym where you can bring your kids. It might mean that you have to do a workout at home. But there are options. My point in saying that is that you always have the choice to say, well, 
I planned on it and here's yet another reason why I can't do it. Or you can decide, I am freaking doing this. Come hell or high water, I am doing this. So what's the answer? How can I do this? When we change our mindset and it's a little shift that makes a world of difference. When we change our mindset from I can or I can't to how can I? When you say how can I, your brain starts looking for answers. When you say I can't, your brain stops because there's nothing to figure out. You've already given it the answer. I can't work out tonight. I don't have a babysitter. I can't work out. Well, there's no question there. You've answered it. The door is shut. We're done. But if you say, huh, that was unexpected. How can I work out tonight? Well, that's a different question. You can feel your brain firing up looking for answers. So before we even dive into the specifics of how to do this, we need to get super clear on the fact that first of all, this is not selfish. This is the least selfish thing you can do for your family and friends. And two, I hate the saying where there's a will, there's a way, because it sounds so simple. But the truth is, if you look for an excuse, if you look for a reason not to, you will always find one. We are all so busy. You will always find, not only will you find a reason not to, you'll find 10 people there telling you that you shouldn't, right? I know my family's still like this. If I say like, man, I've been super busy this week, blah, blah, blah. The first thing I'm going to hear is, oh, you work so hard. You should rest. Why don't you take today off the gym? Everyone wants to tell you, and they're doing it out of love, but they want to tell you why you shouldn't. And the truth is that you need to get to a place where your why, your reason for this is bigger than any roadblocks. So when those roadblocks come up, not if, but when those roadblocks come up, your brain goes to, how can I make this work? Not, can I make this work? How can I make this work? Now we can talk about some specific tricks. First and foremost, I consider gym time sacred. And that doesn't mean it has to be the same time every day. We've talked about this before. The, the, the fewer amount of rules we can set for ourselves, the more apt we are to stick with it. So I am not a fan of saying 6 PM is my workout time every night, because at some point your kid's going to have an after school play, or you're going to have to go to your in-laws or something's going to happen and you can't make 6 PM. And just because it's 6 PM, you can't work out. No, that's an arbitrary rule that we're now trying to pigeon ourselves a hole ourselves into. What I mean by holding gym time sacred is you've decided how much time you need for your workout. It could be 20 minutes. It could be an hour and a half. The how long doesn't matter. What matters is that you have decided that X number of days a week for X many minutes, that is your sacred time. So when you start planning out the week with your spouse and they, they have to work late this week and mom can't watch the kids this day, cool. Let's be as flexible as possible knowing that four days a week for 30 minutes, I'm going to work out. What does that look like? Because that's a very different conversation than can I get my workout in this week? Yeah, absolutely. We can do all of that. You can work late. Mom can not come over today. All of that's great. Also, I'm going to get in 30 minutes of workouts four days a week. So now let's sit down and work out a schedule. And then you can be flexible. Some days you work out in the morning. Some days you work out at night. Some days you work out on your lunch break, whatever you need to do. But you know that that gym time is sacred. And as we've talked about in the past, it's not a major life overhaul. It's not going from zero days a week to seven days a week working out. It's not going from zero minutes of working out to an hour and a half of working out. It's baby steps. It's three days a week of 20 minutes. And that is your sacred time. Now, when it comes to food, this can be the bigger challenge. And I have a couple tips and tricks that you can use. 
If you've been tracking macros, you know that the beauty of macros is that there's no restriction. So it doesn't exist in the world of macros. It doesn't exist to say, well, I can never eat macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets. You absolutely can. If you know that you want to sit down and you want to have dinner with your kids that night and they're having mac and cheese with chicken nuggets and you want to eat what they're eating, you plug it in your app in the morning and you work your day around it. And congratulations, you're losing weight while eating mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. (laughs) As someone who loves mac and cheese, I appreciate that about macros. So there's always ways to work in any food. However, I know it can be tempting to have snack food in the house. I am a huge fan of if it's not here, I can't eat it, right? I get asked all the time, how do you have such willpower? And it makes me laugh because willpower is not a distinguishing feature of mine. If there is a bag of Doritos in my house, I will eat the whole bag. So my solution is I don't keep them in the house. And that's easier for me to do because I don't have kids. So I'm not, if I'm not buying it, nobody's buying it. So if you're going to have snack foods for your kids or for your spouse or things that you don't want to partake in, there's a few choices. One, maybe you do partake in it, but in moderation. And the best way that I know to do that is by pre-portioning. So if you look at the back of the bag, you know, there's a serving size. We know how to fit that into our macro plan. You just make yourself little baggies. And those are your pre-portioned snack because human, human nature, our brains love completion. So if you sit down with a family size bag of Doritos, you're just going to eat and eat and eat till it's gone. That's not you. That's not your lack of willpower. That's human nature. We want completion. We want to finish that freaking bag. But if you have a mini Ziploc bag with a portioned out serving, you're going to eat the bag and then you'll go on and do something else. The other thing you can do, and this is one I've actually used. I used to live with someone who was maybe the most unhealthy eater I've ever met in my entire life. And that is not an exaggeration. So I used to keep my own cabinets in the kitchen and that sounds kind of selfish and kind of weird, but it worked for me mentally. These were my cabinets and those were their cabinets. And it just did something in my brain that it was like, this isn't even in the house. If they wanted to keep Doritos, if they wanted to keep frozen pizzas in their side of the freezer, Whatever it was, that just wasn't even mine to touch. And mentally, I knew that when it was time for a snack, I would go to my cabinet. It's like the other cabinets didn't even exist. So if you have kids or if you have a spouse who doesn't eat like you eat and you want specific snacks, keep them in your cabinet and just let your family know. Like, listen, you guys are welcome to eat my healthier snacks if you'd like, but just know that these cabinets are mine. That's where my stuff's going to be. If you want some, help yourself, but I'm not going to be going into yours. And it's just a way to kind of preserve your own boundaries of what you will and won't eat. And again, with the beauty of macros, it's not that you can't eat it. It's all about choice. All of this said, the biggest, biggest, biggest determination of if this is going to last or not is up to you, right? It's fantastic. If you have a spouse who supports you, it's amazing. If you have kids who cheer you on, it's amazing. But most of us have been in relationships where we either didn't get the support we were looking for or even the opposite, that it's been a hindrance, right? As someone who's very serious about the gym and very serious about my nutrition, I can speak firsthand like this is a conversation in relationships for me of this is a huge part of my life and take it or leave it, here it is. And it's easier for me to say this because I've done it for a long time and I've been doing it before that person came into the picture. But there has to be that level of some kind of boundary around it, right? You might not spend as much time in the gym as I do. You might not be as meticulous about your nutrition as I am, and you don't need to be, right? I'm doing this for a living. But the takeaway here is the boundaries that we set 
of saying to your spouse, of saying to your kids, of saying to whoever is in your life, you don't have to be on board. I'm not asking you to come to the gym with me. I'm not asking you to eat the foods that I eat. I'm not even asking you for you to cheer me on. It'd be great if you did. But if you don't, don't, that's okay. That's your choice. The only thing I'm asking of you as my spouse, as my child, as my family member is to respect my boundaries, to understand that this is important to me. Even if it's not important to you, the fact that it's important to me means that it's important in this relationship. So helping me stick to my half hour, four days a week is the best thing you can do. I don't need you to come with me. I don't need you to throw me a party when I walk out the house in my gym clothes. I just need when we sit down at the beginning of the week to talk about a plan, I need you to understand that these four days a week, 30 minutes are non-negotiables. These are my sacred time and how do we plan around it? And the harsh truth is if you have a spouse or a family member who's not willing to do that, then that's a bigger conversation. But again, it would be a dream to have a spouse who's going to work out with you, who's going to track macros with you, who's going to go food shopping with you. But it's not always the reality and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you can't hit your goals. It means that you need to get comfortable Hashtag bigger life statement. You need to get comfortable setting these personal boundaries of putting a a stake in the ground and saying, this is my priority. I am doing this come hell or high water. Take it or leave it. This, This is where I stand. This is what I need. And I will add a side note to this, and this is not a guarantee, but this is my experience. I would say seven out of 10 times when I help one spouse and not the other, at some point, the other spouse either totally gets involved is and joins the program, or I'll get messages of, you know, my husband's not ready to track macros yet, but he's been seeing me get such great results that he's starting to watch what he eats and he's already lost 15 pounds. This happens seven out of 10 times where sometimes just setting the example is all the other person needs. When we try to shove something down someone else's throat, they're not ready to hear it. No one wants to be told you have to track macros. You have to go to the gym right? We don't even want to hear it from ourselves, let alone our spouse. That's like the worst person that could tell us. So sometimes just leading by example, let them do their thing. You, you do you boo-boo as my middle schoolers used to say, and rest assured our human body wants to feel good. So when your spouse, when your kids, when your family members see you getting those results, they're naturally going to start asking questions. They're naturally going to start following your lead. You don't have to force it. In fact, I suggest you don't force it. Let them do their thing. Let them get there on their own time. Most importantly, you do you. It's not selfish. It's the least selfish thing you can do. You have to set personal boundaries. Let them in on the conversation, right? This doesn't have to be from a place of defense. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to the gym. Screw you guys. No, it's, hey guys, this is really important to me. This is what I'm doing. I know I've tried in the past and given up, but I have a plan this time. I know it's not all in and all out. I'm going to do this and I would love your support. What can we do as a family to make sure this happens? And if you've, if you've got the family that you deserve, if you've got the support system around you that you deserve, they will understand and they will come up with a plan. And when the boundaries get pushed, which they will, you know, life happens, boundaries get pushed. You give them a gentle reminder. That sounds great. We can do all of that this week. And I'm going to get my four days, 30 minutes a day in. So let's talk about how to make that happen. They don't have to do it with you. They don't have to throw you a party but you do have to hold your personal boundaries sacred. Becoming MindStrong, the truth about health, fitness, and the bullshit that's holding you back is now available on Amazon. Go grab your copy. 